From the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy! Hello and welcome back to Inside Jeopardy, your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. I'm Sarah Foss and I'm joined by Buzzy Cohen. Thanks for having me back, Sarah. I'm happy to be here. I want to start out by talking about our hashtag Deathly Double competition. So much fun. I was incredibly impressed with everybody's costumes, creativity, enthusiasm. That's what it's all about. It is time to reveal the winner of the Deathly Double Contest for the very, very rare and highly valuable, one-of-a-kind photograph of Ken Jennings signed by Buzzy Cohen. The winner is Claudine Lewis, who is at Shring Violet. I guess like Shrinking Violet is the idea. Oh, yeah. Shring Violet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Claudine, with an iconic Johnny Gilbert reading rap lyrics costume, had the satin jacket which is Johnny Gilbert 101, but brought the gold chain and sunglasses. Congratulations. We will find you. We will get you your signed photograph of Ken Jennings. Funny story about the jacket with Johnny, the satin jacket. So Alex Trebek gave him that jacket as a gift early on, never really thinking Johnny would wear it and love it and then go on to produce several for himself so that he had a whole variety of jackets over the years. But that is some great insight. The gift that kept on giving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do want to call out a few honorable mentions because... There were a few. There were a lot. But there yes. were a lot. I mean, I was so impressed. I tried to retweet as many <laughs> as I could, but Courtney Shaw's Margaret Shelton costume, pitch perfect. Mikey Tuffhill dressed up as Cindy Zhang, and that blew my mind. And then Cindy dressed <laughs> up as Eddie Huang, and even Eddie retweeted it. It was amazing. So thank you, everyone, for indulging my kooky idea. The little idea. The little idea that, that could. just kept growing. I'm... So surprised I didn't make the honorable mentions. But can I just say that <laughs> I was a good Buzzy Cohen, but your daughter was my da- the best yeah. Buzzy Cohen. Yeah, they, my wife and daughter surprised me with the Buzzy Cohen. It was a big hit at school, and uh, apparently uh, her teachers did not know that I even appeared on Jeopardy, and they were very shocked, so that was fun. Which even is, though you're the room parent? Even though I'm a room <laughs> parent, and even though it's like the first thing my kids say to anyone. So I was... I'm happy that they've kind of toned it down because I think it's a little much. Well, bringing it back for Halloween. I I like it. And now it's time to start discussing our biggest event of the year, the 2022 Tournament of Champions with a field of competitors unlike anything we have ever seen before. Our all-new format. Not only has it been so much fun watching the players compete, the bond that they have all formed, seeing that kind of play out on social It just speaks to what a special group of competitors that we brought together, how lucky we are that these are our champions. So before we get into the games, I have to call out one of my favorite moments from online this week. An incredible fan, McKenna, at PotterPants212 on Twitter, she handmade a cross-stitch of all of our Tournament of Champions competitors. If you haven't seen it already, go check it out. The detail, Brian's quarter zip, (laughs) the orange quarter zip is there. Like she has every detail. And thank you for sharing your talents with us, McKenna. That just really brought a smile to my face. Truly some of the best fandom. And I'm I'm seeing all the competitors. They're they're at watch parties together. They're, uh, you know, there's a, a group chat, which... I have not been invited to. Obviously, I'm not in this TOC, but I, right. I definitely have FOMO for that 
this TOC group chat. And a lot of people have seen the the kits that we sent out. Oh, yes. Um, I'm sure you received one, Buzzy. But more importantly, Sam Cavanaugh received one. Yes. I don't know if you saw his tweet where he's Game of Thrones style. Yes. He's built like a throne of the champion with all the stuff only fitting. He's just sitting back watching the competition waiting to see who will dethrone him as the current champion. Yes, I did receive one. I will, you know, I'm not going to say which face I was hoping to get that I didn't get because uh, I yes. can't play favorites. You're we, all my children. It was random. It was randomly random. selected who different people would receive other than our contestants received themselves. only themselves. Our game show social and digital team, they have just really been going off the charts. There was a Times Square billboard about Tournament of Champions that played. I mean, this is our Super Bowl, as Michael Davies will tell you over and over. And we want everyone to be watching it. And they are. And they are not being disappointed with what they are seeing. Today, we're going to discuss our first five quarterfinal games, all incredible, where we saw Maureen O'Neill, Andrew He, Tyler Rowe, John Folk, and Eric Ahasek advance to the semifinals. And today, we're going to see who will secure that final spot that will allow them to join our seeded players in the semis. And of course, on primetime last night in Celebrity Jeopardy, we had our last quarterfinal game of this group of celebrities and Joel Kim Booster heading to the next semifinal. All right, I'm so excited to dive in. So let's get right into it. Cue the beep boops. We hear from so many interesting people on this podcast about their love for learning. What if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? You can with Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best for just $10 a month. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. Confidently navigate the media with the influential, intellectual Noam Chomsky. Use science to solve your problems with Bill Nye. Or learn from the past with Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. I personally enjoyed James Clear's class that is helping me build smarter habits to help tackle daily challenges. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Jeopardy. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Jeopardy. Masterclass.com slash Jeopardy. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. It gets better every time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you'd think it would wear off. I have to say I love the addition of the beep boops, hoping to see that back uh, on the show. But I did want to shout out Jeff Jetton, at Jeff Jetton on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Jetton on oh, Twitter. Oh, yes, be specific. Uh, he actually attempted to transcribe the beep boops. So we've got, you know, a visual. If anyone has a, as a keyboard player yeah, or guitarist, a they can try player, it. Yeah, piano player, just... 
try that out. As a musician, I do want to say I believe these are generated through something called AM or ring modulation. So that might you be why know. it's hard to recreate. But man, did Jeff... We, we salute you, Jeff. Let's get into the games. All right. People love the beep boops. Happy to bring them back on Inside Jeopardy. We are also bringing back the enabler, senior researcher and gameplay analyst, Michael Harris, to help <laughs> us discuss the tournament. Welcome, Michael. Glad to be back. Hi, All Buzzy. Right. Hey, Sam. Hey, Michael. Well, we're heading into Monday. We've got Ryan Long, our highest seated player, not seated. We've got Megan Waxpress, Maureen O'Neill, first quarterfinal game. Wow. Yeah, this is a, a game I like to call the game of percentages. <laughs> Megan took control of the game early in the Jeopardy round, and she hit the daily double with a good lead over Ryan. Uh, but Maureen began to turn up the heat as we moved into the DJ round. It was a tight battle between all three, but a missed daily double by Megan and Ryan brought it all down to final Jeopardy. Though Megan had the lead going into final, an incorrect response gave Maureen the win, who actually had the highest correct response percentage at 93% for that game. Yeah, it seemed like Maureen, she wasn't ringing in unless she was confident. So she was the most correct, which ended up... And she was always good in final, even in her initial run. Yeah. Kind yeah. of the final is where she she shines. She also shined in orange and black on that Halloween episode, which I appreciated. <laughs> you know, coming into this, I think Ryan is the, was the favorite in this game. I got to say, I'm a huge Ryan fan. Me he too. did not, you know, pulling it back to Philly, he did not seem to have the eye of the tiger. And I think that, um, you know, he, he didn't play a bad game, but TOC, you got to play a great game every game. Well, when I talked to him, mm-hmm. his word he used to describe his first run that he was trying for was redemption. And when he talked about coming back, he said enjoyment. And yeah. I have to say, he didn't end up with a win, but he did end up with enjoyment. Having yeah. that trip to California with his son, reveling in the fact that he was back in the TOC. And he's going to be in the Thanksgiving parade in Philadelphia. Like yeah. the journey continues for Ryan. I think this game just really showed how difficult the TOC material is. Yeah. It is not the regular show material and for a reason and we had a lot of triple stumpers as a result you know it's it's the TOC yeah. as Margaret Shelton said the questions in these Jeopardy Tournament of Champions games aren't playing around y'all they're yeah. hard <laughs> wicked hard every freaking game <laughs> I can't say it better myself yeah <laughs> tell it tell us exactly yeah. how you feel and tell us how Margaret would say <laughs> it <laughs> and, and uh, you know after the game I remember Maureen just being incredibly surprised to have come out with a win on that but that's yeah, that's well, the that's, that's the way that's the way Jeopardy plays often. And Megan had such a strong game. I yes. mean, going through, it looked like it was going to be her, you know, her game to lose, and it definitely was. And she was frustrated with herself. She said, you know, the places in American history was the clue. She focused in on the creek as opposed to the injury, mm. and so she came up with Dakota as opposed to wounded knee. She was she was disappointed, but again, I think every one of our champions win or lose really knows what it is to be a part of this special, special tournament with so many great champions. And I can say that, you know, as someone who has played the game. Ah, yes, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Do we get a do we get a dollar every Every time time Buzzy drops that? Because we could have a really great party. Yeah, this is adding up. Go ahead, Buzzy. My experience is that is that, you know, the the final Jeopardy pacing is so different. And so somebody who can get into that Jeopardy, double Jeopardy flow state where you're just kind of responding in it, you know, quickly doing it. All of a sudden, you're staring at the category for a long time. You have a long time to think about your wager. Slowing it down can sometimes hurt a player who's kind of been in 
on a roll. Uh, it takes a lot of discipline to not go down, you know, what could it be and start thinking about it. So, you know, I felt for Megan um, and excited to see where Maureen goes. All right. Well, we're heading into Tuesday now. We're in November, believe it or not. We have, as his friends call him, Jeopardy champion Jonathan Fisher. It's his new name. <laughs> going up against Andrew He and Christine Welchel in our second quarterfinal game. I like to call this the come from behind game. <laughs> it was a back and forth battle in the Jeopardy round with Jonathan holding a narrow lead over Andrew with Christine unfortunately in the red due to a missed daily double. Andrew and Jonathan continued to battle it out in double jeopardy but Andrew got both daily doubles in the round one giving him the lead and the next taking it away Jonathan had a strong lead going into final but all three players were incorrect Andrew's smart lower wager gave him a come from behind win yeah this is one of those games where you I'm sure many people were thinking if we were in the old format playing with the wild cards you know Jonathan bets nothing he knows he's moving on no matter what we end up maybe with Jonathan and Andrew. I mean, it's it's tough to not compare the old format, yep. but certainly that big daily double loss for Andrew. He's lived and died by the daily doubles throughout his time on Jeopardy, and that was that was a big shift. But again, you know, the big daily double is a better margin bet than a big final Jeopardy, and sure. I think he played yeah, that really true. really well. Uh, crocodile pop for Jonathan Fisher. <laughs> that was that was his category. He ran that one. To run a category in uh, a tournament of champions is is serious stuff. I I thought you know just when you think the Jeopardy writers and researchers can't come up <laughs> with a new form of pain, vowelless Hawaiian wow. comes out of that writer's room. Yes, that was that was something. How'd you how'd you play on that one, Buzzy? I know you were playing along. I did I did well on vowelless Hawaiian, <laughs> you know, but. Uh, it's certainly, the, the, you know, as the kids say, their minds, you know? Yeah, their and that's, that's a particularly tricky language to Dude. be vowel-less since yes. there are so many vowels in Hawaiian words. Yeah, just, I think one of, the, just pointing that out. one of the smallest alphabets of any language in the world. So once you eliminate the vowels, what do you got? Not that much. Well, Andrew, he does narrowly beat out Jonathan by $2. Interestingly enough... Just about one year ago, Andrew beat Dane Rygard mm -hmm. in what was one of the most thrilling games of season 38 by $2. I want my $2. Name the movie. <laughs> uh, better Off Dead. You got it. And now we have another $2 win. This was just a really intense draw game. I mean, I, of all the people, I was feeling for Christine here because to be up against Jonathan and Andrew, Andrew, who we called, you know, coming into this, the dark horse of this tournament. Which he didn't like. Every time I would say that, he's like, stop saying that. Well, yeah. But here is another kind of come from behind win. And he's a, he's a strong player, but also a very, you know, he, he plays the numbers well. He's smart wagering. You know, not overly aggressive when he doesn't have to be. I'm, I'm still thinking he's a dark horse. All right. Well, heading into Wednesday, we have three fan favorites. Quarter Zip, Brian Chang, Mr. Jeopardy Congeniality, Tyler Road, and regular Virginia, Margaret Shelton, all going head-to-head -head in our third quarterfinal. This is what I like to call the game of ties. Tyler took the initial lead in the Jeopardy round going back and forth with Margaret. Some incorrect responses and an unfortunate Miss Daily double put Brian in the red going into the double jeopardy round, with Tyler and Margaret tied at 5,400. Another hot competition between Tyler and Margaret, with Margaret holding the slightest lead until Tyler 
tied her again after getting the second daily double. Tyler took a quick lead, but Tyler and Margaret went into Final Jeopardy tied yet again (laughs) and it all came down to wagering Tyler went all in and despite Margaret getting a final correct response she didn't wager enough to match Tyler you know when you get that point where you're getting ties going into final jeopardy it's it's really about wagering well and she said you know in her game that took her out she bet big and it cost her so this time she was trying to not bet big but I think she learned bet on yourself, Margaret. Bet yeah. on yourself. Um, that's a tough break, but you know that's that you gotta you gotta play big. Uh, and and Tyler certainly was there. He made a moderate but uh, an important four thousand dollar daily double wager in double jeopardy to get him there. Um, loved the drama of this. I gotta say. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, I loved Margaret talking about in her interview that people thought her accent was fake. <laughs> I know, and I want to <laughs> say she lives in Pittsburgh. But hello, she grew up in Mississippi. <laughs> I want to say I would love to hear Margaret Shelton say "Hot Lips Houlihan" every day. Oh, <laughs> just yes. I want that. Can that be my ringtone? And I think Brian Chang would like to have the title Anagram King, which is what yeah. Cindy Zhang um, called him on Reddit. I mean, wow. Maraschino and harmonicas. What? Incredible. That's why he's here. And it just goes to show you can be incredibly smart, clearly a great player. You know, you're up against the best of the best and it's just not your game. And as Alex always used to say, you know, the toughest category or categories are the ones you don't know. And mm-hmm. it could have been one of those days for Brian. Yeah. And so much support for him from the other champions. Megan Walkspress tweeting, Brian was our cohort's social director from the Mm -hmm. moment we arrived in L.A. He was coordinating dinners, starting group chats, cracking jokes, most importantly, making everyone feel welcome and included and like a champion. Personally, very grateful for that. It it went on. There were so many great comments about Brian. I know for us, just when he showed up at honors. Yeah. And basically, I think <laughs> right for Lily and One Eclectic Mom wearing the orange quarter zip, but with a bow tie and a yeah. jacket and Matching the orange shoes. shoes. I mean, he is just such a great person, a great personality, and was still giving thumbs up even when he was in the negative after the Jeopardy round. Just yeah. another great champion. And I would also like to mention, you know, Tyler was a bit emotional after his win. He mentioned that his grandfather had passed Mm -hmm. away recently. He was wearing his grandfather's necktie in honor of him. And that was a special win for him. All right. Moving on to Thursday, we've got Courtney Shaw, second chance winner Rowan Ward and John Folk heading into our fourth quarterfinal game. This one I'd like to title the Daily Double Runaway Game. Ah, the first runaway in the TOC, yes. The Jeopardy round was a pretty even affair, although Rowan was able to capitalize on the Daily Double, taking the lead heading into the Double Jeopardy round. John grabbed both Daily Doubles and took a commanding lead. All three contestants had an impressive 100% response rate in the DJ round. But as you mentioned earlier, John had a clear runaway with 32,000 going into final and a good thing as no one gave the correct response to the final Jeopardy clue. And John, based on his, you know, work, he had done a lot of research. He even has his own website, jometry.com, and he's <laughs> analyzing data and predicting outcomes. And, you know, he said halfway through with his research, he almost kind of gave up because there isn't a real way to predict Jeopardy because there's three players as opposed to two teams. Mm-hmm. But one thing he did learn is bet bigger than you think. Yep. And he credited that strategy with his big wagers and obviously really paid off for John. I don't think people were expecting such a performance from him as a four-game champion. 
No, he definitely bet big. That first daily <laughs> double in the double Jeopardy round, 8,000. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of buzz coming off of Rowan with their win in second chance and how strong yes. they were. One of my favorite responses was Rowan in the film Fight Marquee. They said, what is Fight Club? And Ken says, oh, you talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get a little humor. It's very tough, high stakes here <sighs> in the TOC, but we need a little humor as nothing we wrap. Funnier. Nothing <laughs> You love a Ken joke. I know you do. Nothing funnier than comedy. That's what I always say. All right. Heading into our last game of the week, Friday's show. Erica Hasek, Jess Karn Singh, our college champion, and Jackie Kelly squaring off. Squaring off? Do you square off if there's three of you? I'll, yeah, why you not? You can All triangle right. off, but that right. doesn't sound right. They're playing in our fifth quarterfinal. <laughs> Take it away, Michael. <laughs> this one I'd like to title the Daily Double Difference. This is a game of very well-matched opponents. Like right off the bat, you could see that their gameplay and where they were percentage-wise is very similar across the board. It was reflected in the beginning of the round. Jackie took the lead after wagering on a correct Daily Double. A late round rebound off of Eric by Jaskaran put him just $200 behind Jackie's lead of 6000 Going into the DJ round, Eric managed to find both daily doubles back-to-back and went all-in on both, giving him a huge lead going into final. Jackie was still a threat, though, closing that margin, but she got final wrong. Eric got it right, wagering big, which gave him the game. Yeah, the back-to-back uh, daily wow. doubles, real flashes of Roger, Roger Craig. Craig. Yes. Yeah. Um, All in, back-to-back, baby. And look, I mean, to to quadruple your score and two clues, you know, hats off to Eric. There's there's part of Jeopardy that's knowing stuff that's being fast, and then there's the part that's the game, and he played the game yeah. very well. Yes, even Ken you know, exclaimed, are you kidding me? When, <laughs> when he made the second Daily Double Wager even took Ken back. And Ken mentioned after the game that this was maybe one of the longest of the in the break when people are making their wagers. Like we actually had to say, all right, everybody, you're out of time. A lot of thought went into yeah. those wagers. You know, a lot of people, including my personal trainer, really look into Jackie Kelly, the middle distance runner to make yes. a move. And Jackie Kelly statistically played an incredible game, just didn't get those daily doubles that Eric um, found. And I also want to talk about this final because this was a final that did I get it watching? Yes. Would I have gotten it on stage? Probably not. I thought I think this was a very tough final. Uh, so I feel for Jackie. Obviously, two people got it up there, so good for them. But this is one of those where I could see myself getting stuck and kind of maybe ending up somewhere around where Jackie did. Well, the TOC did not disappoint in the first week. Five fantastic quarterfinal games. We've got one left on Monday. I want to say just great games and also totally different dynamics in each game. We had a runaway. We had stuff coming down to final. We had these, you know, the back-to-back daily double. Every game had its own story and everyone was as riveting as the next. Thank you, Michael, so much for taking us through the the guts of these games. Uh, it was such an exciting week. Can you come up with titles for all yes. of next I, I, week's games? I hope so. I will all do right. my best. I really like that addition, Michael. <laughs> glad, I like glad, it. Glad to be here and I look forward to next <laughs> this week. This is what I shall call. All right. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's in your career, relationships, or parenting. And unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. 
I have personally benefited from therapy and found it so beneficial to help me learn coping skills, specifically when I'm dealing with changes and challenges in life. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash inside J. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside J. Now back to Inside Jeopardy. As we mentioned earlier, we have one more quarterfinal game left with Zach Newkirk, Jessica Stevens, Sam Buttry competing for the final spot in the semifinals. I was in the studio for these games, and they just get better. Uh, It was a little bit of how the mighty have fallen because uh, (laughs) last year I hosted the TOC. This year I was getting coffee. I kind of went from host to intern, getting coffee for Sarah and and everyone else, Michael. This says Um, so much about who you are, though, Buzzy, because these were crazy (laughs) days. And he's like, hey. I'm going to do a coffee run. Who needs coffee? And that's that's who you are for all of us, Buzzy. You're never too good to be the coffee intern. I'm I'm, I'm barely good enough to be the coffee intern. But um, I, I just want to say we're going to discuss that last quarterfinal game next week on the pod. We'll talk about what everyone's coffee orders are. I've got it. I've got it like a... <laughs> Mine tends to a, change up. But. I've got like a psychoanalyst approach <laughs> to this. But now... It's time for Celebrity Jeopardy. It is. We are back to prime time, our celebrity quarterfinal game. And we had Ray Romano, Joel Kim Booster, and Melissa Roche going up against each other. This was a runaway game for Joel. Yeah. I want to say that this had a much more, um, I don't want to say solemn, but a serious tone to this game. And I... I'm going to credit Joel. I think Joel came in and he was like, I'm here to win. And I think Melissa and Ray kind of felt that and fed off it. And everyone was very focused on the game, which was, again, all of these celebrity games have a different feel to them. And that's kind of fun. Well, and Joel, he's a comedian. He's known for these big, funny antics. But like you said, he came in and he's like, no, today I want to be a Jeopardy champion. He's actually friends with... Two former contestants, Louis Vertel and also Chris Sleicher, they helped coach him on all things Jeopardy, although we may want to point out <laughs> neither of them did win, so not sure exactly how helpful they were, but based on the results... I think helpful. They were helpful. They seemed very helpful. I mean, Lewis is a friend of mine. I'm not on their exclusive group ah, chat, yes. but I I do text with uh, Lewis a few times a week, um, and he was very excited to be coaching Joel in how to not play Jeopardy, how to win Jeopardy. And I think that Lewis is an intense guy. I don't know Chris, but Lewis is an intense guy. He's very funny, but he's very intense. And I think he really imbued Joel with the gravity of the situation he was stepping into. And Joel delivered. Yeah, he said, I might now be the only person in the group chat who's won Jeopardy. So he can say that much. We talked about um, Johnny Gilbert reading rap lyrics. Johnny Gilbert says the number one hits was (laughs) really funny. Yeah, so he was recording these and he was like, Sarah, are these actually the lyrics? I just feel so silly (laughs) saying this. I said, they really are, Johnny. You just have to trust me and people will love hearing you say them. And that was definitely the case. Yeah, Megan the Stallion as <laughs> channeled by Johnny Gilbert. 
probably going to haunt me, but in a good way. Nothing better. And I want to say <laughs> Ray's very Ray Romano suggestion of everyone getting one time out. Very sweet. Very Ray. It felt like you, you, you saw that everybody loves Raymond Ray in that, right? I agree. Because he didn't say you should do this. He was like, just a suggestion. Yeah. As you mentioned, I think he really wanted to perform well as well. And I think he took it very seriously. And I think, you know, Jeopardy is hard. Melissa as well. She was saying, I tell my kids you have to to do yes. things. Don't be afraid to fail. And yeah. so, you know, she was on Jeopardy. People, yes. these are the celebrities who are willing <laughs> to put their pride aside for charity. I always want to remind people of yeah. this. So many celebrities say no because they are afraid of not putting their best foot forward or maybe not looking great on television. But guess what? Win or lose, you're earning money for charity. And I just can't say enough about the people who say yes. I also want to say I went to a taping of Melissa's Night Court revival a few weeks back not knowing and it was actually it's on the same lot as Call Me Cat so I had a very you know celebrity jeopardy night without knowing it so such an impressive I mean doing one of those multi-camera sitcoms in front of a it was in front of a live studio audience that's why I was there so I you know it was sort of funny to see after doing that her seem a little bit anxious about being on Jeopardy. And and Ray echoed that, saying that directing the movie was the, you know, scariest, hardest thing he had done until being on Jeopardy. So Well, there you have it. Joel Kim Booster, he moves on. He will be in our next semifinal, along with John Michael Higgins and Will Wheaton. So tune in on Sunday, November 13th, to watch them compete for the second spot in the finals. It's going to be good. All right, moving on. It's time for viewer questions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Andrew asks, now that a $300 to $1,500 board has entered the public imagination thanks to Triple Jeopardy in Celebrity Jeopardy, and since the current syndicated Jeopardy clue values have held since 2001, has there been any talks about creating $300 to $1,500 and $600 to $3,000 Jeopardy and Double Jeopardy rounds respectively? Thanks for creating one of the consistently greatest half hours of television every night. Well, thank you, Andrew, for the question. <laughs> We're always thinking about things. Now, as Michael Davies will tell you, I'm the conservative voice of the show, so <laughs> I might be less inclined to do such a big shift, even when we you know, approached Triple Jeopardy for Celebrity. We discussed, should we start out with the original values in the Jeopardy round and then double those and then triple those? We were a little hesitant to do so because we didn't want 
the shifts in the totals to get too big. You know, if you're going 600 to 3,000 in a round and you have three daily doubles, like we just felt that it might create too much distance between maybe first and third. What we have found so far is that Triple Jeopardy is the great equalizer. I think the amounts are actually perfect for Celebrity. Uh, What will happen in the future? Michael Davies isn't here to weigh in today, and he is the one who will always say anything is possible. So I'd say you'd have to stay tuned for that, Andrew, but your conservative voice here at Jeopardy (laughs) would say no. (laughs) All right. Jason asks, since the Clue crew has been retired, RIP, will there be something to pay tribute to them? Maybe a category of clues hosted one last time by several former crew members? Well, I like that idea, Jason. You know, there are a variety of us, as you mentioned. We started out with four. We had Sophia Lidsgog, Cheryl Farrell, Jimmy, and myself. Then Sophia left the team. Then we added John Cannon and Kelly Miyahara. Then John and Cheryl left the team. Then it was Jimmy, Kelly, and I for a long time. And then it was just Jimmy and me. So a lot of variety would be up for grabs in that special category. I like this idea, but what I really want to share with everybody is just what went into that first search. I was obviously on the outside just trying to get the job, but hearing from people who were working at the show at that time and what that was like with the thousands of buckets of VHS tapes. So (laughs) I don't know. I'm thinking over the holidays we should take a look into that process and what it was like to get that first crew. I want to hear all about it. Can we schedule you and Jimmy on the pod? Let's get that in the books, Buzzy. Only if you'll interview us. (laughs) If they let me, I will do it. Thank you, Andrew and Jason, for your questions. As always, please keep them coming to Inside Jeopardy podcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today's episode of Inside Jeopardy. I'm already looking forward to another week of TOC games, discussing it with you. Yes. Join us here next Monday as we discuss the sixth quarterfinal game. Reactions from the special exhibition game that is airing on Election Day. And our three seeded champions playing in the three semifinals. As always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Rate us, leave us a comment, share across social, and follow us at Jeopardy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. And we will see you all next week.